that's happening in a big way where we're telling people that, oh, you're victims and, and they're to blame and they need to shift a thing. And if they don't shift a thing, then you just are victims and you should just kind of whine and cry until they come and give you what they should give you. And that's yeah. not a helpful thing. And I don't think it's specific to even one group at this point. I think, I mean, it almost seems like everybody's got a thing that's their trauma. We now bring you Enter the Freud. This is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. I work in the field of education and we're always hearing about trauma-informed education, trauma this, trauma that. And, you know, now a lot of the conversation amongst, I don't know, there seems to be a weird generational divide, but it seems like the current new generation kind of coming into the conversation is like, I'm traumatized, trauma's this, trauma's that, where are all our traumas? And at some point, I had to ask, and I have to ask myself, what is, a, what is a trauma, really? Because it seems like everything is a trauma. You know, your parents yelled at you once when you were three. You're traumatized. Now you have to address that when you're, you know, 32. Um, or where's the level that traumas really help or hurt? And the reason I'll give you some context so why I ask this question, because you know me, you know, a lot of my friends and myself included have had very difficult lives, you know, drug addicted, you know, parents, um, homelessness, you know, abject poverty, you know, things that are what would be considered traumatizing. I don't know when I was growing up if like my school was like, Brandon, you've been traumatized. Well, how do we <laughs> how do we all make you feel good about your life? I have, That didn't happen, right? And I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but what I am saying is like, there seems to be this movement now that everyone's traumatized by function of who they are, where they came from. Like, you know, if I'm a you know young black girl from, you know, the inner city, apparently that just means by function of those three things, I'm traumatized. And therefore the education system must treat me as having some kind of, trauma that's inhibiting my ability to function in some way. And I question that because I don't know that all trauma does that, right? I don't know that there isn't a particular resilience built in. And I'm not saying you ignore real problematic things like, right, like homelessness, you have to address the specific need that is homelessness. Or if someone is being physically abused, you have to specifically address that. But to kind of A, assume every function of someone's life that is less than ideal is A, a trauma, and B, to create whole systems around this idea that everyone's traumatized, I'm not sure that that's really a good thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. But I am an observer of life, an avid learner, someone who's involved in education. And I don't see it having much of an outcome as it relates to doing these things and having kids be successful at the end of the day. Um, or, if, or whether or not I, you'll hear anyone who listens to me talk through any of this is going to say, I'm not entirely sure that the things that we're doing aren't reinforcing 
the inability of people to cope and manage their lives and move forward. When you hamstring them and tell them by nature of the fact or that you are poor or that you are black or that you are an immigrant, you are therefore traumatized and therefore incapable of certain things. And then treating them as such, as opposed to saying, I understand those functions of your life. How do we turn those into strengths? But I am not going to say they hamstring you. You are not handicapped by function of them. Totally. It's a great question you're asking. I think the reason you're sort of confused about the definition of trauma is because I think pretty much everyone's confused about the definition of trauma. Everyone's out there using it and no one really knows what it means. Um, and I think the main reason behind that is because there's two very different principles in human psychology that are different. They're very different. They need to be differentiated and no one's doing it because people don't see these two principles and they're getting mixed up and blurred and it's just created a huge mess and a misunderstanding. So let me see if I can clarify. Okay, so here's what trauma should mean, but it's lost this meaning, thus creating the confusion. What here, Here's what actual trauma is. Is it's a overwhelming event that a person's psyche is not strong enough to, doesn't have the resources to cope with, so it sort of has to like, and kind of like check out or, or do, the psyche can do a lot of weird, mysterious things at an unconscious level and trauma kicks in. A good example is like a circuit breaker. It's like when there's too much electricity in a circuit, it flips the circuit breaker. It's like, ding, this thing happens because it's like, oh, I can't process that much intensity. So the circuit breaker gets flipped. So let me give an example. Um, sorry to give a brutal example, but true trauma is kind of brutal. So let's say, there's a five-year-old kid sitting at a bus stop with his mom and um, there's a drive-by shooting and a stray bullet hits his mom and kills her. Like that five-year-old, he doesn't have the psychological or biological or survival resources to like be able to cope with that. So the circuit breaker gets flipped and he dissociates things, primitive, intense, defense, survival things happen in the unconscious of a psyche. And that's trauma. And it's going to affect him in a negative way, kind of for the rest of his life. Because like his psyche has to kind of like, oh, the world isn't safe. I can't trust the world. So I have to clench up to kind of like defend against how scary and unsafe the world is. And it can manifest as a lot of different things. It could manifest as him not trusting anyone so he can't get close to anyone for the rest of his life. It actually can manifest just in his body. It's kind of like his muscles can really tighten up and it can manifest as like back pain. Um, it can manifest as intense anger because he feels so safe and unsafe and the way he feels safe is just by like keeping everyone at the distance. It can manifest in a lot of different ways, but it's the circuit breaker gets flipped. Um, and we could give more examples, but let me shift. That principle, which is a super important principle in psychology and which psychologists and therapists discovered, um, is being used way too often. And suddenly it's, it's sort of like a principle that people kind of see and, they, and then they start to confuse it with a kid... Um, is coloring in his coloring book and it's time to go to school 
and dad is like, time to go to school, put your coloring book away. He's like, no, I have to finish coloring this peacock. And the dad's like, nonsense, and takes the thing and puts it away. And the kid's like, oh. And then it's like, oh, that kid was traumatized because like he didn't get to like express his creative needs. And that was trauma. And he needs to like a safe place so he can go and just get to color as much as he wants. And so what is true trauma starts to get um, viewed in all these other contexts that are not actually trauma. And so there's a blurring of two different things. Here's the principle that's kind of, the, it's, in some ways, it's sort of like a yin and yang opposite that the world of psychology and therapy is in, has increasingly forgotten over the course of the last 10 or 20 years. And that is, if I try to simplify it, it's, um, it's delayed gratification, self-discipline, uh, frustration tolerance, we could say, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. We could say, um, you, you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. And that is the building up of a person's capacity to not get what they want or to experience that life is hard, but if you work super hard and steal yourself, you can still thrive. And in, and in a certain way, the trauma psychology thing that I was talking about with the kid that his mom died and this um, self-discipline got to be tough. They're, they're two different realms of psychology and they both need to be dealt with. But the world of psychology and raising kids has kind of forgotten about this one and has just focused on the trauma. And for trauma, a person needs a safe space and they need uh, emotional empathic attunement and they need all these types of things. But for this uh, psychological developmental need, they kind of need the opposite. It's like, Hey, buddy, uh, yeah, you want to finish coloring, but now is not the time. Put the coloring book away. We're going to school. Mm -hmm. And so there are two different psychological developmental needs that in some ways appear to be opposite. And they're both true. They're both important. But for some reason, culturally and historically, we've kind of lost sense of this self-discipline, delayed gratification. um, You can't always get what you want. Uh, but you get what you need thing. And we've increasingly just focused on trauma. So we've increasingly focused on, we got to give people a safe space. We got to let people express themselves. We got to like let people uh, drop into their, what their needs and their feelings and their creative aspirations. And we've really emphasized this and we've forgotten about this. And the consequences of that are disastrous. The consequences of treating everything as a trauma problem when really it's a, actually a small subset of things that are trauma problems. There are trauma problems and those should be treated as a problem. But we're treating everything as a trauma problem. And the consequences of that are essentially that we're indulging and spoiling and we're turning everyone into divas who don't have a work ethic and don't have a ability to um, uh, suppress their own desires to do what they need to do or to be respectful of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I'll use my communities because I can only talk about the ones that I'm a part of. So I see a lot of, you know, more or less college educated, you know, black mothers saying, oh, previous generations, you traumatized us. You fucked us up. Right. If your mom was a drug addict and there were, you know, crack, like for me, I'm talking about my life. If there were like crack addicts and alcoholics in your house and there was abuse, 
that's a fine criticism. You can totally criticize away. Uh, but the other part I see is you yelled at me and scared me or you gave me a whooping and we can, I have my opinions on, you know, that I think there's a difference between abusing your children and, you know, correcting them or whooping their, or, you know, cause these are cultural things and let's not pretend they're not cultural. Whether or not people think they're good or bad, those are cultural distinctions, you know, and there's this kind of idea that it's just a straight up, well, this group said it's bad, so well, it's bad for everyone and you should do it. But anyways, this kind of indictment of like parents to say, you did all these things wrong and I'm a better person now because I'm, I'm letting my kid express them things there. I'm not yelling at them. I'm putting... If, some of these parents that say they put their kids on timeout, you're just getting them out of your hair for five seconds and letting them do whatever they want. But now that's a trauma. I've you traumatized the child for the rest of their life. And I think people who have, and I don't like this, but I'm going to say it. People who've experienced trauma, like in the traditional sense, and then the narrower sense are kind of like that. That's the thing. We're all traumatized now. Everyone's feelings are hurt. Like, you got in trouble once because your mom yelled at you. Now you're traumatized and you can't function. What the hell is that about? I find that hard to wrap my head around. And the indictment of all these people who did not actually impart trauma upon you. You just didn't like it. <laughs> you know, were you, you know, do you, what, and then what part of it's your responsibility and what part of it can you blame on other people? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have a hard time with this conversation that's happening. Because I hear it all the time. Well, you know, that previous generation like whooped us. Well, they keep your ass alive because I think there's probably some good reasons they did that. Uh, and it wasn't to make you feel bad. It was probably to save your ass from some other thing that you didn't see coming. Right. And now we look things at this like trauma lens and all those things are bad and those people are bad. And we get to say that. And now we get to feel sorry for ourselves. I, I think there's truth to what you're saying. It makes me want to say this. It's kind of controversial, I'm going to say. I don't know if this is true or not, but I think it's true a big majority of the times. If a person says, that traumatized me, now you owe me X, if a person is saying that, it wasn't trauma. It actually was, it, it's actually them not learning to like deal with the fact that the world is hard. There is trauma, trauma happens, and trauma does need safe space, attunement, attention, emotional processing space. But usually when true trauma happens, the person isn't conscious of it. And they don't come and be like, that traumatized me. Now I'm entitled to X. True trauma is actually like pretty unconscious. And the person is actually keeps, it, it, there's, there's almost like a deep psychological split where they're, they're not even really aware of it and able to access it. So I think more often than not when a person's doing what you're saying, which is like, that was traumatizing to me. I'm upset. You owe me. Like, that's not trauma. That's yeah. actually kind of like entitlement and like uh, tooth. It's like not thick enough skin. Right. And I, you know, and I, I really don't like this idea that there's, I'm going to indict the left as I usually do, like a progressive left idea that all of the brown people, all of the poor people, all of the pick a thing, a label, you're by nature of that thing traumatized. We must treat you as though you're somehow now incapable of functioning in a normal way. And we're going to create whole systems around that, that I don't think are freaking helpful. One, you're saying I'm fucking handicapped in some way because of these 
things that I could not control, yeah. right? But so much of my life is in my control, so I don't really like that. Yeah. For, you know, you know, I can't control what I was born looking like. I can't control that I was born into a poor family. I can't those things I can't control, but I can control what I do with my situation. And I don't think it would have been helpful. Again, I would argue and I speak from a, a specific perspective of a very difficult life, right? And I'm not saying that to win points or make people feel sorry for me. I'm saying it because I could have, A, used those things to say, I'm not capable of being a functional adult now because of by nature of all these things that have happened to me. Or I can use those things in some way. I can address them in therapy <laughs> at some level. But I can use some things to say I'm not going to let my life be controlled by those factors of my life. And then take some of that power back yeah. and not allow people to tell me, oh, you can't do that because, you know, you were poor so well. Do you need me to do that for you? Do you, you know, because that makes, A, that uh, in many ways diminishes my capacities and my abilities to think through things. And I don't think it's helpful to say to anybody, well, well, you were born in the wrong place. So, well, I guess you're, that's that. And, uh, yep. you know, <laughs> do you, what do you, you know, do you need a hug? You know, wh whatever that is, it's not a good thing. Totally. It's a really important point you're saying. Let me just kind of emphasize this point you're saying with a, an example. Imagine a kid, um, let's say he's a first grader and it's his first day of school and he's kind of scared, but it's like, all right, Billy, go to school. And he starts to walk down the front steps of his house to go to school and he falls and he skins his knee and his knee is kind of bloody and he starts crying because it hurts but really part of the crying is because it's an overwhelming emotional threshold of going to school for the first time so he runs back to his dad and dad holds him and is like oh sorry buddy here let's put a band-aid on okay and kind of like supports him at some point what the dad needs to do is like you're strong enough you got this Go on, no big deal, it's just a skinny, go back to school. That's what he needs to do. And that's finding Billy's strength to overcome difficulties just by like biting his lip and pushing through and going and doing it. That's a super crucial, important parental uh, response right there. And this trauma, and I'll use the word victim-focused culture that has developed in the past, I don't know, it seems kind of new, last 10 years maybe, uh, is like, oh no, Billy, that you, you fall and skin your knee, like that's so hard. Like I need to now hold you and help you because that was too hard. And it's almost like getting Billy to identify more with his wounded hurt self as opposed to identify with his strong self. And it's a really important uh, uh, shift there from what, whether it's getting him to identify with his strong self and whatever, your knee hurts, you're fine, go on and, and, and go out and like conquer the scary world. Or, oh, the world is too scary, you got hurt. And now what you're doing is you're, this little example I gave, you're talking about that in a big cultural, political, sociological way. And yeah, that's happening in a big way where we're telling people that, oh, you're victims and, and they're to blame and they need to shift a thing. And if they don't shift a thing, then you just are victims and you should just kind of whine and cry until they come and give you what they should give you. And that's yeah. not a helpful thing. And I don't think it's specific to even one group at this point. I think, I mean, it almost seems like everybody's got a thing that's their trauma, right? And, you know, kids going into college that went to like, you know, nice upper middle class, 
you know, schools are coming in with all sorts of things that apparently are traumas to them that I would argue are like, like, well, that's a thing. Okay, whatever. I, okay. <laughs> you know, and then what? You know, then what are we supposed to do about those traumas? Like, how much are you going to make that an identity marker for yourself, right? Like, I don't walk into a room and say, hi, my name is Rian and I grew up poor and homeless and, you know, lived in a house that had drugs. And, and um, so how's that going to work out for me today at work? <laughs> Can I get some, like, you know, extra, like, ability not to do that thing that I need to do today? You know, like, is that what we're trying to do here? Like, I don't understand what... And I'll, again, all these things that we're doing, and I'm going to keep saying it, I'm going to beat on it, diminishes in so many ways real issues that need to be addressed because there are real issues. But when everything is an issue, nothing is an issue. Totally. So, you know, how do we maneuver this if everyone's got a like a trauma card? You know, my mom, I'm mad at my mom forever. So therefore, I don't need to do this thing today. I'm yes. mad at my, you know, you know, biology professor because of this and I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, when are we going to have some real conversations as a society about where we need to be focusing our attention, right? If, again, if we're creating whole systems because we've determined that whole swaths of people have just insurmountable trauma issues, then we're basically saying we're essentially going to write you off. We're going to give you some services, hope you're kind of going to make the bare minimum, and then we're going to write you off. And that's going to be our excuse for why we wrote you off. And then at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Say, oh, wait, um, so did you guys forget that I was a victim of something? Where's, you know, you know what I mean? And they're going to go, no, remember we gave you that service in third grade and you didn't do it? <laughs> like, so, well, you know, you're poor. All of my friends growing up, in high school particularly, all of them, Save for one, we only had one friend who had two parents and didn't have drugs or anything. She, weirdly, she was the white one. I don't know what that's about. Um, I know. It was like, what she, but she was the only one in the group. So maybe that, I don't know what that was about. Fucking cliche. <laughs> I mean, she's a lovely person. But the everyone else in that group um, from my high school, because we grew up in a low income area, um, that did have other kids that came in from like further reaches, but mostly the kids in the school from, you know, what we consider to be the inner city or whatever you want to call that. Um, we all had parents that had various issues of drugs, alcohol, instability, lack of work. I mean, all sorts of things. The interesting thing about it is, is that all of those friends have college degrees and have been become whatever you would consider to be successful middle class say for one makes a little bit less she's i'll tell you what i think about that in a second but most of them have either a, a degree or an advanced degree all have more or less successful careers and are not living in the environment that they and what do you attribute that to you know um One of them might disagree with me because she's a little bit of a live wire and had a hard time figuring things out. She's also kind of a handful in high school, if I remember correctly. Um, high expectations. I don't think anybody in my, particularly in my high school, even maybe going, there was a little bit before that where there was low expectations in like my middle school, but there was a few teachers in there that I happened to have that had high expectations. But my high school teachers in very specifically had high expectations for us. And they did not take excuses. 
you know, um, they might give you a little bit of extra time for something, but they wouldn't say you're allowed to not do that. You didn't do it. You failed. Like that was the end of the story. Um, but there was no expect, there was the expectation that you did the job that you were there to do. Um, and we all understood that and we all rose to that occasion. And that's how I've taken my role in education is I expect my kids, no matter where they come from, to do well and to perform to their highest potential. And I don't, I don't negotiate on that. And I think that was for us, we can accomplish things. We are not simply, our existence doesn't exist only around the, the problems in our lives. That was almost never talked about. I mean, we did talk about it. I mean, it was not unknown to our teachers on particular situations, but they never said by nature of the fact that you or mom doesn't have a job or that this person's on drugs, we don't expect something of you. Yeah. We expect you to do this and we know that you can do it. So that's not going to change. And um, the only one that didn't quite, and she has a college degree, so don't get me wrong. She actually has done this. It took her a little bit longer, but the only, I think the only factor in her environment that was different is that the isolation of her parent would isolate her take her from the school and kind of make her life revolve around her her parent and so she didn't she didn't have a way to kind of separate from that so she had a much harder time she did do it eventually but she was very smart very artistic um but it took her a lot longer to like kind of detach from the dysfunction of her parents the rest of us did make that detachment relatively early and quickly. And I mean, we loved our parents and we didn't stop talking to them forever, but we kind of were like, we have to do this. Yeah, yeah. And our goal is there and we are on our way there. And we kind of reinforced that for each other. And so I say that to say that back then our teachers weren't looking at us just as trauma children. <laughs> you know, they looked at us as fully capable humans that happened to be in difficult circumstances or situations, but that were fully capable of totally. doing the work. And I think focusing on the capability produces much better results than focusing on the trauma. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen it really work. I mean, again, I've been in education for a long time. I understand the want to see a child as a whole child. But I, what I think happens in that is to say, well, okay, well, we've handicapped you. So now, you know, that kid has all those things. So they're going to be here. And you've got, is it like golf? Does golf handicap? <laughs> I don't know how this works. I'm making this up. But like, it's to say, okay, you have these, these, these factors. So now we've lowered that. And now we don't expect you to do that. Totally. I totally agree. And so that's my big beef with all the trauma and everyone whining, you know, because instead of saying, what can I do? It's like, oh, what can't I do? Because this happened to me. Yeah, yeah. That irritates me. Totally. And I think, you know, Glenn Lowry and John McWater would agree. That it's, it's exactly right. I was thinking about them as we were talking. Were you? <laughs> Because I wasn't, but then I thought no, they were. I was thinking about, I've been thinking about them for the past half an hour, that, that they're saying that same thing. And it's a, it's an absolute psychological truth that they're saying, and our culture hasn't quite gotten that, and our culture needs to get that thing. I think because if I had to say a controversial thing, I think we're listening to a potentially very well-meaning, I'm not always entirely sure it's that altruistic or well-meaning, uh, group of people that, 
you know, think that they've figured out how to solve the world's problems. And then some of us have bought into that idea. Yes. Oh, they're going to tell me that this, it is true. Everything I've ever known about the world or thought was true. And therefore they're going to tell me the solution, which is, I don't actually have to try that hard. Yep. And that is not a good message there. If I, let me try to like summarize this thing. It's like, and, and it's for whether it's a kid who had a rough life or whether it's for black Americans who have been historically fucked because they were like kidnapped out of Africa and treated like slaves, or whether it's for Native Americans who were fucking decimated and two-thirds of their family were killed in genocide, or whether it's for women who were treated as secondary, second class, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or LGBT people who were told that they're fucked up and pathological. Like there's, It's fucked up all the shit that has happened to all those people including just a kid who had trauma, even a white little boy who was in a rich family, but his dad sexually abused him. That's a trauma. There's yeah. fucked up shit. There's a lot of fucked up shit that's happened to a lot of fucking people. And the Glenn Lowry, John McWaters thing is like, yeah, the world's fucking hard, but you kind of have to accept it and work and fight and fucking build your way up. And then what I would add to that is like, and then you can go and address those things and you have a right to be angry and you have a right to be hurt. And like you can find a good uh, spouse or a good therapist that will give you love and hold space to heal some of those wounds. But like you can't, like that's secondary. Primary is like fucking work and fight and like the world's fucked up and it's not going to change. And so like you got to like put on, strap on your warrior fucking thing and go out and work hard. Yeah, I mean... I because yeah, I, I largely agree. I do think, of course, the acknowledgement is the first, you did, like the acknowledgement that those things happen. Totally. That there somehow needs to be an acknowledgement or whatever address that is, but it's not going to come in the, it's not going to come in the form of the inversion. No, right? and, and it's not excused and we shouldn't let it continue to happen. We can fight against those injustices. Yeah. But I mean, I do think there is a certain amount of, you know, what can you do with the circumstances that exist right now, right? Like, we do want those things to be solved and, you know, a system of redress. But in the meantime, it's not going to do us much good to sit there and say, all the only thing I can do is sit here and be upset about it, exactly. right? Like, I have to do something for myself. You know, I said this, you know, to someone. I said, you know, if I sat and, and thought about all the ways in which you know, there were barriers in front of me. Like, you know what I mean? Where would I be if I said, oh, well, you know, I can't do this today because I don't have a babysitter or I don't have this because I don't have a car or I don't have this because I don't have all sorts of things that I didn't quite have or there were just all, all sorts of circumstances in my way. But it never dawned on me to sit down and give up and just to say, okay, I am just a victim. I am a, I'm a victim. I'm going to use that word victim of my circumstances. I am, that is what I am. And now the world just does on to me and I have no ability to take what I have or my capacities and then do something about it. And I think that's what bothers me about the trauma thing. It's like everyone has a trauma, but what are those traumas that you allow to be who you are and to control your life? And some of them are hard, right? You know, some of them are big. But I think you can look at lots of instances of people who have been through terrible, terrible things. You know, people who have been to war, people who have, you know, been, a, you know, victimized in some way. And a lot of them 
will, when you watch them, they'll say, I'm not going to let that control my life or be who I am because I know that I can do more than that. And I'm going to turn this into something else. And so much of our society now is like, no, 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 no. You're the trauma. Remember that trauma? Like you just need to sit and be that trauma.